This is one of the hottest crypto projects in the world right now, and they are gearing up for a massive 2024. Today, we sat down with the CTO of CentropyNet, a project that is changing the internet forever. Welcome to the Beanpod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey because when you're in the know your money will grow this episode of the beam pod is sponsored by bitget bitget is the most user-friendly and secure crypto trading platform for both beginners and experienced traders bitget is the best place to not only trade bitcoin and ethereum but also all the small cap gems that we discuss every day with 24 7 customer support leverage trading and a wide array of other advanced features BitGet sets itself apart from every other centralized exchange. Through Beanstalk's official partnership with BitGet, you'll receive 15% off all trading fees when you sign up using the referral link in the description. All views expressed by speakers on the BeanPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeanPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. This is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing one of the hottest crypto projects in the world, which is gearing up for a massive year. Jonas, welcome to the Bean Pod. Thank you guys for having me. Let's jump right into it. We've been covering CentropyNet for a little while now across our socials, so it's excellent to have the CTO of this massive project on our show to bring you know, awareness and the technical skills to speak to what you guys are all about. So maybe you could dive into it, give a brief overview of what CentropyNet is doing and the problems that they're solving. Sure. Uh, so let me try giving you a brief. So Centropy is a new generation layer one blockchain with a real-time cross-chain data streaming capability. Uh, what that means is we're aiming to be a platform where you can deploy smart contracts, which can react to cross-chain data and events and also stream uh, real-time, low-latency data from any blockchain to any other application, uh, either DAP or AI or IoT, etc. So a couple use cases uh, for that is for tokens and projects, or decentralized projects, uh, people can have better DAP experiences by having real-time uh, data about liquidity transfers, liquidity added in and out of liquidity pools, uh, token prices, etc. So better, faster DeFi can be built. Um, for DEX liquidity management and decentralized exchanges in general uh, to create better abilities for various limit orders, swaps, etc. cetera, uh, they also need real-time data and tracking way more pairs across different uh, chains to truly in, like empower next generation uh, DeFi, which is cross-chain. Uh, for, for swap routing as well, a common use case, how when you monitor a lot of uh, pools across chains, you can create better swap routing, which is the basis of, of, of the new DeFi as well. Uh, and chain monitoring uh, as, as any application which needs to uh, show dashboards or, or, or just display uh, prices, orders, etc. cetera, uh, you need infrastructure to support. And it becomes especially hard if you need to support infrastructure from multiple blockchains. So Syntropy provides uh, this easy access to real-time data streams in a decentralized world, uh, which is currently not available in the market. 
or has other structural pricing or composability problems. Right. So, you know, it's, it's easy to tell the, the, the thesis of Centropy. It's all about, you know, spreading data across different blockchains, interoperability, and that kind of comes into the same kind of forum as, as what oracles do. Now, most people that maybe are not super into crypto, they've maybe only heard of a few projects, they're familiar from the Oracle standpoint with Chainlink. So how would you say Centropy compares with Chainlink? How is it different? And what advantages do projects get from using what Centropy has to offer than comparing to what Chainlink has to offer? Sure. So uh, the way I explain the difference is Chainlink brings uh, off-chain data to blockchain, so like prices. Uh, which is real-world data onto blockchain, onto smart contracts. What we do is the other way around, is we bring blockchain data, on-chain data, so it's like transaction data, what's happening on the blockchains, to the world, to the applications, or to other dApps. So it's like the inverse of Chainlink, uh, you know, getting on-chain data out into the, onto the applications, but at such a scale and capacity, which is different to the current RPC node infrastructure ways of communicating. Where, where Chainlink is entering the market in a similar way is they also have a couple data streams as a product. So on the Chainlink website at the bottom, there's data streams as well. Uh, so there's probably several streams they built for their clients because there's just a convenient and useful way of getting data. Um, the way also I see, you know, Chainlink, uh, you know, as part of our similar vision is I see Chainlink as a global asset. So we want Syntropy to be a global asset as well. I like the fact that Chainlink links on, lives on several chains. It, it can participate in various DeFi protocols as a global asset. So that's part of our aspiration as well, eventually to be a multi-chain asset. Uh, but in terms of utility, we bring on-chain data from all the blockchains into the applications and broadcast it. So you're bringing on-chain data from all the different blockchains. Obviously, data is the new oil, and it's very imperative that projects are getting real-time data. There's also a ton of different sectors within Web3. You know, you have RWA, real-world assets, you have AI, GameFi, TradeFi, sorry, DeFi, is the data layer something that Centropy can be used for every single project in Web3? So, like, it's interesting how we will end up covering all the main narratives. So, for example, the, the DPIN is what is the basis of our own architecture. So, the broker nodes, the more clients and data streams we have, broker nodes need to scale and they're decentralized. They're getting tokens as a reward. So, it's a decentralized physical infrastructure protocol. Uh, but we feed data to AI protocols. So Morpheus is one of the protocols which recently started working with us. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's data feeds to AI. Then real world assets, I'm sure will have their use cases where we need to also monitor cross-chain data or just react to uh, NFTs or, or asset sales or liquidity because it's just a different form of DeFi. So I'm sure real-world assets will, at some point, hit the scale where we'll need data needs. Currently, DeFi already hit the scale where it grew out of like traditional data needs, and now they need much faster data. Now there's arbitrage opportunities within current block. So you know the the need for high-performance data uh, really increased in DeFi world already. Real-world assets maybe will 
will hit that threshold later because it's a newer, less like high performance intensive uh, narrative as well. So in, in general, most of blockchain is DeFi and then chain monitoring. So like there's, you know, other use cases are like general smart contracts and things. So it, it really boils down to DeFi and the supporting infrastructure and data is the backbone of that. So uh, we're fortunate enough that we have a special utility as a data layer, which can, which is needed for basically any software these days. But then our layer one chain will have capabilities like WASM smart contracts, which can manipulate that data, react to that data and, and like execute cross-chain uh, functionality. So uh, that combination we think is unique in the market and, uh, and, and, and will, will allow new generation dApps, uh, DEXs to, to, to be faster, et cetera. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting because some of the projects we talk about, you know, they're very unique. So like Syntropy, they're building the infrastructure for the entire world of crypto. So as, as you know, as you just mentioned, and as Josh mentioned, doesn't matter which narrative it is that's exploding, whether it's DeFi, AI, RWA, gaming, everyone needs data. So when it comes to, you know, where does Centropy fit in with the market? And as we see, you know, mass adoption coming and global, you know, we have institutions coming, everything, money will be pouring into Web3 over the coming years. As everything grows, Centropy fits in so nicely with everything. So it's kind of, it's kind of found a very nice niche that will allow it to grow as the entire market grows. But one of the reasons that we have started covering Centropy so frequently over the last little bit is the new roadmap. You know, we've, we covered Centropy, I think like a, a year and a half ago, we started to talk about it. Um, and you know, you guys were heads down building, building, building. But recently, you guys have come out with a massive update to the entire project, a huge new roadmap, which you are now starting to, you know, actually go down the list of the check marks. So why don't you tell us about the roadmap for 2024 and beyond, what you're most excited about and which direction Syntropy is moving? Sure. So I think part of the part of the success we're having recently is is that roadmap because it came to light and we kind of revealed what we were working on and what was growing like happening behind the scenes. And to make things more clear uh, and more fun as well, we kind of divided in uh, the roadmap deliverables into into the stages and called it uh racing names uh, uh monza silverstone and monaco so we had a successful monza release which kind of showed everyone the data layer finally and it opened the doors for private access to the data layer functionality so the chain is still a testnet but the data layer we started giving to our clients in a private company capacity and uh, and private companies started experimenting with the data layer now what's coming next is the silverstone release which is going to see things like uh like developer experience improved for developers to develop uh their own data streams um and and open the access to more public developers to also try the data stream so not only private company access but it will be a testnet chain but the data layer will be available for developers so that's a big that's a big stepping stone as well to open open this to to more developers and also see how uh, token economy is turned on even with the test tokens. But like the data will go with the token economy, so it will start proving our utility and test the token as gas for data uh, and and a lot of these things. So like I think uh, to, to give more details, like there's a list of uh, deliverables which will be coming. 
and we're working on some DeFi intelligence layer uh, capability to show our use case. There's, uh, there's a couple tools and dashboards uh, which are being built. So basically there's a bunch of functionality which we packaged into, into releases and the main events, you know, being the testnet, the, the, the availability to developers, and then we'll be going towards the mainnet, uh, uh, which will happen in the summer. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, it's the Monaco release where basically we will turn on the token economy and then the token will start having the real utility of going through the data layer. So that's when uh, validators are turned on, the token is basically getting bridged to, the, to our mainnet and our technologies. So there's gonna be a bunch of deliverables there which are related to mainnet. Uh, we already onboarded external validators for our test nets. So we're getting operational experience already, how to manage the chain of external validators. And Cosmos is a great platform for that. So everything is according, going to according to the plan right now. But the, the roadmap is basically, you know, working towards the mainnet with uh, getting more open to developers to test the chain and the data layer as, 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 we, as we go through those release stages. It sounds like the roadmap has a ton of massive catalysts to come. The mainnet we're really excited for. Can't wait. You mentioned Cosmos. Um, that ecosystem has been red hot. You know, you look at projects like uh, Injective, Kuji, uh, or iChain, you know, it just seems like that is a budding ecosystem. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that integration and why Cosmos. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've mentioned somewhere else as well that we first, we developed our chain on, on Substrate in the Polkadot ecosystem. And then for technical reasons, we just had more synergies with, uh, with, with, with a different programming language as well as different functionalities of Cosmos has offered. So we, we were very happy since we moved and that allowed our developers to be very quick and effective and deploying the chain and managing it uh, and as well build our own unique functionality. So part of the reason how, why this ecosystem I think is, is, is hot is because it allowed uh, specific new generation layer one chains which uh, add elements which we're missing, which together like create a, a niche specific chain. So like injective is, you know, let's say for, for different DeFi or exchanges or whatever, they have a built-in functionality. So let's say it's easier to build an exchange and that's why you deploy on us rather than Ethereum, for example. A different chain like Kuji maybe has a different set of specific functionality saying, hey, if you're building these type of apps, we are the best because we have a built-in functionality. Uh, in Syntropy's case, we, we had this technology over the years built, which speeds up internet. And then we built the data layer, which, you know, delivers the data in, 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 a, in a low latency matter. Combined with it, combined with this composability of creating a layer one chain with a specific functionality, lets, you know, these chains to have, to, to create new use cases and new, new different dApps build new different exchanges, faster exchanges, et cetera. So, it's just a different way how layer ones are born. You know, one way is like someone like Solana, which were completely new concept, different architecture, uh, and that, you know, enabled like a more, more featureful generic layer one, right? Whereas Injective, Kujira, maybe Syntropy, we start with a specific functionality, which we produce by combining different off-chain and on-chain elements. And Cosmos is a great platform 
in terms of its design, how it's easy to launch like an app-specific layer one chain, then expand it later on, allow smart contracts and become a more general purpose layer one chain. Uh, the community is amazing. It's very supportive. Uh, so we actually received a lot of support while developing it. So it's a great ecosystem. And that probably translates to like why other projects keep choosing it because they they generally listen to the good experiences other teams had. Uh, so yep, it's been it's been great so far, and we're working towards the main and currently successful. Yeah, I think it's a really good choice, especially when you look at Cosmos and what they've been doing. They're kind of becoming one of the authorities in DeFi and interoperability, which are two things that Centropy is building. You know, that's kind of some of the main pillars of what Centropy is, anyway. So I think it's kind of a match made in heaven. Now, speaking of partnerships and integrations, I also wanted to ask you about something that just happened with Centropy very recently, which is your integration with MetaMask. Now, I'm sure almost everyone that watches this show has MetaMask, uses MetaMask. So we saw some news come out recently where Centropy is now integrating with MetaMask. So maybe you can tell us a bit about what's what actually is happening there and why it's so important for the growth of Centropy. Yeah, so it's it's just a, one, of a, one of the great developments the team did is since we chose Cosmos as our development ecosystem, the only thing which we were worried about is how to make a as user-friendly experience for the users to adopt. And obviously Kepler is like uh, one, one way to enter the Cosmos ecosystem, but MetaMask of Snaps is, uh, we think, an industry standard, which can happen. Like we'll see if it will become an industry standard, but we want it to be upfront. And a lot of people use MetaMask. That's why, you know, one of the reasons people still like keep their ERC tokens and keep using Ethereum for both trading and holding of their assets and, and using apps because of, of, of the familiarity of the, of, of the wallet. And it's just, it's just a huge user base we didn't want to forget. So we wanted to integrate early enough to see what is the user experience and, and how can we have at least friction possible for both EVM users and Cosmos users to start using Syntropy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a genius move. I mean, we, we both use MetaMask and I think a, a number of our listeners and most of the Web3 audience uses MetaMask for access to the decentralized dApps, Uniswap and all that stuff. We started to hear about the snaps. The snaps is becoming more and more of a talking point in crypto. So it, it makes sense. That's kind of the way Syntropy is going about it, right? Yeah. So obviously, you know, using MetaMask, this is a, a place where I like to store some of my tokens at times, make my swaps. Anybody who is an investor in Syntropy probably wants to know what is the utility of the NOI token. Maybe you could uh, allude to that a little bit. Yeah. So the basically... Once we hit mainnet, that's when the token utility will merge with a, with our like Cosmos mainnet token. But the, the protocol token utility is gas for data. It's we, you know, we, we narrowed it down to the most simple utility model, actually. It's validators for running the chain uh, plus gas for data. So when publishers of data are selling the data, the subscribers are entering into a smart contract and buying that data. So there is a mechanism in place to have like a stable pricing for a exchange of data, but it's still everything is going through through the token. So every megabyte of data transferred is gonna is gonna be converted into into the token according to that day's value, and move through the system and will get split into the protocol fee, you know, the brokers and then the data providers. 
Uh, there are some also cool mechanism, which were mechanisms with royalties, which we're exploring, which are very unique and uh, would make the data very valuable for, for their providers if it gets uh, viral or, or, or used a lot and so on. So uh, there's a lot of space to create a valuable data economy and the token will be behind every megabyte of data exchange. Right, yeah, that's some real utility. So once you know the mainnet and everything is launched, that's gonna mean big things for Syntropy. Another reason why Syntropy has been kind of starting to trend lately is because of your connection. And I think you guys actually just wrote an article about this, about the D-PIN narrative. So I wanted to ask you specifically about D-PIN, kind of from your opinion and angle, what is D-PIN? How does Syntropy fit into this narrative? Because it seems like it's almost exactly what Syntropy is building. You know, um, we can summarize that article, but I think it would be better coming out of your mouth. Um, basically, what... What role do you see Syntropy in the D-PIN narrative moving forward, and how is this going to help the growth of your project? Absolutely. So uh, I was fascinated even by the recent Masai report on D-PIN and how the sector grew, how much investment it received, and, and how much adoption it's seen. So my experience with D-PIN uh, over the last bull run, so to speak, is where the technology didn't really work or got to the stages where it's like right about scalable uh, and then hit some adoption uh, hurdles and, uh, and, and a lot of it was hurt by the market downturn and so on. So it, it didn't really pick up and it wasn't, it wasn't seen as a success and the industry wasn't sure if, uh, if the centralized infrastructure really is going to overtake like centralized or even has a shot at that. Uh, that was like, there's very, very few uh, indications about that. What's happened since is blockchains became much faster, transactions became much cheaper. It became actually very easy to connect different like hardware. Uh, the the internet connectivity between the data centers and the hardware providers became also quite specialized and adapted to blockchain needs. So now we have like really professional infrastructure in place of of blockchain, and it really starts working. So the whole blockchain. Uh, really started acting just as an accounting layer, but the hardware is still the same, it's still in the data centers, but they're just being connected more efficiently, easier, and so on. So DeepIn really started to work, like the, technically it just started like actually to work. And, uh, and, 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 and that caused like a big interest again and a big spike. And there was success of, of projects like Hivemapper, there's a project Natix uh, launching their token, I believe this year as well. And, uh, and, and, and they prove those narratives of, you know, different types of hardware being connected, IoT, uh, mobile phones. Uh, there's a blockchain peak, uh, a layer one blockchain we started, uh, you know, working with a little bit is to see how they, you know, what, what are their needs is there an IoT blockchain? And I had uh, I had uh, their, one of their founders uh, on our Twitter spaces as well to talk about that. So there's IoT being connected uh, and there's the whole blockchain which has enterprise clients using it to connect their IoT devices. So this this narrative kind of proved that technically it, it started to work and got a lot of uh, traction as well in the market. I think this year it will be proven or not to see, you know, which depends really get the adoption, and then and then and then change that, you know, to to onboard maybe like 
majority of enterprises or, or, or like a huge retail market on, onto their devices. Uh, so really promising sector and, and the biggest sort of advancement there is that it's now really possible to do that. Economic models are figured out. Uh, it's no longer some like unknown space. Uh, people you know, can value and calculate the, 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 the economics behind it. Servers have a certain cost. Um, so it, it bec it's becoming a pretty mature industry. Uh, which, which is, in my opinion, will over time, like, will make a competition for the centralized providers because it's just much easier to combine them together, use economies of scale, like uh, speed of transactions, you know, faster instances, and so on. I think that type of composability will play like a major role in 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 the spread of it. Yeah, the fact that the deep in narrative is now starting to catch on and is catching the eyes of, you know, a massive audience, you know, institutions will start piling in and Centropy sits in the perfect spot for this. One of the things that we like to do on the Beanpod is when we're analyzing projects and what attracted us to Centropy is the team, you know, speaking to yourself, super knowledgeable. We've actually been learning a lot speaking to you today and I hope our listeners are as well. But we also noticed that you had some advisors that seemed to come from some powerhouse industries, executives from Microsoft, AT&T, could you allude or maybe speak to maybe how those advisors have, have helped shape Syntropy and maybe their role moving forward? Sure. So basically over the years, Syntropy actually started as, as, a, as NOIA Network before, and we've been for quite a few years in the market developing internet technologies. So we built the protocol which makes data transmission faster over internet and then later on built the data layer with it as a basis that's why we're very low latency and we know where the infrastructure in the world is and so on so we just spend a lot of time in the market and and over time we interfaced with a lot of uh enterprises a lot of companies a lot of partners and accumulated a strong set of advisors uh from various companies which helped us both uh, to develop a technology like what is needed to open the doors to speak to all of these co other companies which eventually led us to, to, to where we are today. So I think it's, it's through like the time in the market we exist and, and trying to open really a lot of doors. Uh, we, we acquired you know really important set of advisors, both on the blockchain space, uh, as well as on the enterprise side to, to kind of help us on the both sides of the business. Very cool. Yeah, I know there's a lot of interesting and exciting things to look forward to with Centropy going forward. So with this last question, I just want you to put your hat on and speak directly to the Centropy community, speak to our community, kind of get everyone excited about what are the things that you are most looking forward to seeing Centropy do for the rest of 2024? And then maybe even past 2024, what are the things that you could think that Centropy could possibly do in the future to keep everyone interested in your project? Yeah, so I think like this time I'll be very, very boring. <laughs> But I'll say, like, we'll stick to the roadmap. We really want to focus on the release of the mainnet and uh, launch the chain, uh, you know, bridge the token, uh, launch the validators, uh, launch the data layer, have enough subscribers and publishers to kick off the ecosystem. Uh, so that's the, 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 the boring but very exciting stuff. Uh, what's next after sort of the mainnet, what I'm excited about is launching smart contracts on the chain because that will then bring real utility to the validator economy and then we'll start people will start compete for the block space on our chain as well. So uh, I'm really looking forward for a potential for WASM smart contracts. 
for manipulating data and, or, or like in the future, maybe cross-chain arbitrage smart contracts because we have cross-chain data and it's low latency. If people can deploy smart contracts, which arbitrage cross-chain that can enable a completely new set of DeFi as well, empowered by Syntropy. So there's, there's a lot of interesting DeFi uh, use cases unexplored, uh, which are now just, you know, there's no infrastructure for them to be created. Uh, so those type of unknowns are, are, are really fun. So I'm really looking forward for smart contracts on the chain as the next development. And that will open like a lot of doors. Hell yeah. I got, got me excited. I'm ready for, yeah. for the rest of the year. 100%. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh it's, it's one of the most, one of the most unique and interesting projects. I think that we've been covering is Syntropy because of, you know, all the things we talked about today, it fits into so many narratives. It's building the infrastructure of web three, the internet, DeFi data. It's got, it takes so many boxes. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, as Josh already said, we learned a lot by talking to you today. So thanks a lot for coming on the show, Yanis. No, no worries. Always a pleasure. Lovely. Thanks. Hey, make sure you guys like and comment, subscribe. If there's any other projects you want us to check out, let us know in the comments and then tune into the next episode. Because that one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.